I'm Dan O'Donnell. Welcome to The Difference, a podcast that sits right at the intersection of politics and economics. I handle the politics. Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, handles the economics. And it's hard to believe, Dave, because we have been sort of in a a competition between the bulls and the bears really for the last, what, two years with doomsayers predicting recession and people who are a little bit more bullish, a lot more bullish, saying, no, 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 GDP is going to rebound in a big way. Well, we did see it, a blowout GDP report for Q3, and that led to, I still can't believe this, the seventh best month for the S&P 500 ever. Yeah, there's no question. Look, look at that. And that is the best month we've had in three years. The Dow now closing at its 52-week high to end November. We look into December, and there might be some some gains that are taken as we head into December. And Because, you know, that big gain really was driven by the magnificent seven, the big seven tech stocks, which, you know, the NASDAQ was up more than 45% so far year to date. It's why I always advocate for making sure that you know what you own, because if you weren't in those big stocks, if you were in an equal weight, you did not participate in the same mm-hmm. way. But the S&P P500 up 20% for the year. But as you put out there, there's so much negative news continues to be out there. There's this thing called the Beige Book, and it really is these 12 sectors around the country. And they look at them, you know, how are you doing in the South or Southwest and East and so forth. And half of those uh, showed contraction in the Beige Book. So we're starting to see a slowdown. But as you point out, the GDP number was huge, up 5% for Q3, expected to be 2% in Q4. So as we have positive GDP, we stay out of a recession. That said, does this mean that the Fed is almost guaranteed to cut interest rates and keep cutting them? Because it does seem to me that the only thing that's still sort of holding the economy back, I think we've sort of given up on getting to the 2% inflation target. I think they're sort of saying, okay, 3% year over year, that's probably good enough. But it is the interest rates. I mean, we do still have, for recent history at least, sky-high interest rates. And does this mean we could see multiple Fed rate cuts in 2024? Yeah, that's the indication that maybe 125 basis points, so 1.25 in reduction in 2024. So that could come in a number of 25-point cuts throughout the year. So, you know, their dot plots, or I used to call the dart plots, suggest that you're going to get a rate cut. But there's a lot that goes into that. You know, they are headed towards their 2% inflation goal. And in fact, you know, some people are even talking about deflation, that it's slowing down the economy so much that we're going to have a disinflationary environment. So I would not say that that 2% in average is really out of the question. We'll see what happens if they start getting rate cuts. And Dan, that's a dual-edged sword. Because if they have these rate cuts, that generally signals that you're seeing a slowing economy. So interest rates may come back down. Good for home buyers, especially, you know, as we saw an 8% mortgage. As those rates start coming down, we might start to see home sales get back online. And we start to see if the GDP has slowed down to the point where the Fed starts to get concerned. So it is two things that you have to take a look at and what the Fed is going to do. But largely expect that we have seen the peak of rate hikes and that we're probably going to turn the corner and start to see some things start to come back down. And, you know, again, economics and politics are going to come together for a long time because the Fed is fighting fiscal policy, Dan. They're trying to do this at the same time the budget continues to explode. So that's who they're fighting. 
So what do you make of that in the short term? I mean, we we govern from continuing resolution to continuing resolution. I don't expect that to change in the near future. I, I swear the last time that we had an actual budget was during the Eisenhower administration. <laughs> uh, so we sort of govern from crisis to crisis. I believe on one of our prior episodes, I said this is like the musical Hamilton. Uh, Washington cannot be left alone to his devices uh, indecisive, he governs from crisis to crisis, or something like that. I right. forget the actual line. Yeah, yeah, you line, were rapping. I loved it. I, I was, I was I rapping am... last time. I don't have it in my head right All now. Right. It's, uh, it's too early in the morning as we're recording this, even though it's eleven fifteen a.m. Um, just, just point... so you know, didn't did drop any Dr. Dre on us this morning, but yeah, you can do a little <laughs> Hamilton for sure. But yeah, they go crisis to crisis. You know, continuing resolution is copy and paste. And so, yep. do they yep. do they do that again as the budget deficits continue? Continue to explode. There's, you know, both sides of the aisle have done this for a long time. They continue to spend because they're very popular when they walk around with big checks. But yeah. I will tell you, there's a bunch of things coming down the road that they're going to try to have to agree to. But the big story, I think, is the funding for both Ukraine and Israel. That is tied to the spending bill and, of course, the security of the border. How are they going to get those two things together? It's really going to have to start in the Senate and see if the House agrees with that. It's going to be an argument. Yeah, and Senator Ron Johnson is trying to tie Ukraine funding to border security. I'm not sure how far that's going to go or whether... Uh, there are enough Republicans in his caucus in the Senate who are going to go along with that. It right. does seem rather amazing to me that we are funding another country's security while allowing our border to be completely invaded. Uh, but alas, this is America in 2023. I do want to get back, though, if I can, because I, I, I know exactly. You can go anywhere you want, my friend. Let's talk. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to make a real quick U-turn. Uh, because I do want to talk about uh, the the idea of rate cuts, because the thing that I'm seeing, and admittedly, I'm selfishly talking about this. We are, in fact, in the in the home market. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not buying, but rather building a home. So I have a real vested interest in wanting those interest rates to come down. And I also think that this idea, well, the continuing resolution is obviously going to happen. We are not going to default on any debts. And the reason that we govern from crisis to crisis is so that we can raise uh, our spending limits, so that we can raise our borrowing without anybody saying boo, because, oh, if we don't, the government might shut down. Yeah, okay, I've heard this one, oh, the last time we were debating over a continuing resolution, which was like six months earlier. And it feels like it was only a couple of months earlier this time. In any event, with the what is right now the Fed funds rate? Is it like five point one somewhere in yeah, there? Yeah, five twenty five to five fifty. So, so that's a twenty five point band. So when you say we could see a hundred twenty five point uh, basis point reduction, right. we're talking about going back into the threes, which would cut uh, mortgage rates and car loan rates and pretty much every other rate you're talking about to the point where I think we could see Dave off to the races uh, in terms of the economy. Because what I've seen, just being in the, the home market, and the reason that my wife and I decided to build is because we were looking for an existing home. There is no inventory. In fact, I think I saw in Wisconsin, we're at 16-year lows mm -hmm. for existing home inventory. And the only real option, we, we want to stay in our current location. The kids are 
uh, in the school system. They're well entrenched with their friends. They've got tons of friends in the area. So we're moving a grand total of about five minutes away from our current house. Now you gonna make? Right? Are you gonna have a moat and you know? And I do. Walls, I do want a moat right? drawbridge. Drawbridge. Uh, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a parapet <laughs> so I can drop hot oil uh-huh. and throw rocks down on anyone who comes to my house I looking for it. a selfie or an <laughs> autograph or something like that. Yes, okay. I am uh, that type of guy. Um, <laughs> no, I. I just want to have what I am building is actually it's going to be the size of the guest house at the Spano compound. Uh-huh. Actually, the uh-huh. first guest house. Uh-huh. Your second guest house is a little bit out of my price range. Okay, I know you've got Cato Kalen staying in there right now. She, uh, but not, not the same Cato that jumps out of the refrigerator, but that's a different Cato <laughs> altogether. Um, so, yes, I, I'm looking at this. And I'm saying, as as it's a, it's a pink. We Danny look to, Danny's looking at me. It's a Pink Panther reference, Danny. just so yeah. you know. Okay. How do how do I get this? Uh, Danny Clayton is like what ten years older than I me. I know. I know. You, I, you got know it. what? I see. I had Nick at night when I was a kid, so I watched all of these uh, all of these old shows. My point, though, is that I think a lot of people are in my boat, not necessarily that people are building, although what's nice is even amidst an inflationary environment, because there's such low inventory, the cost to build and the cost to buy an existing home have really almost never been closer than they are right now. So almost perversely, Mm -hmm. it's about as good a time to to build a home as any. And then you get a new home with new new plumbing and and new electric and new yeah, and we're just right. yeah, we're we're very excited. Our builder is uh, top of the line. We're just yeah. we're very happy to do this. But there are a lot of people, Dave, who I think have been first because of the pandemic, and then because of just the lack of availability of existing homes, sort of paralyzed. I think the second rates come down you're going to see a flurry of home sales. I think you're going to see a lot of people buying new cars. I think you're just going to see a massive run of economic activity. And you know me, I think everything comes down to presidential politics. Joe Biden's polls are abysmal right now. If the election were held today, the polling suggests that Trump would win, and Trump would actually win rather handily, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. Can I believe that? That's, well, that's a different conversation. Well, I, I, I still, I still, we have a hundred dollar bet. It won't be these two, but okay. Yeah, that's right. We do. I, I still think it's almost too late, Dave. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's too late. Uh, I think Trump is agreed more likely to be the nominee than Biden. I really do. Uh, however, it is getting to be way too late to have anyone, even someone as as well known as and well funded as Gavin Newsom mount a campaign challenge in any event did you watch the debate uh, the other day not really okay <laughs> to be honest oh oh no yes i did yes yeah. i did i thought you were talking about the republican debate no no uh i'm not saying no the desantis newsom debate right on hand i did yeah. and in fact i was struck by this is the debate that we could be having right. if the boomers didn't dominate politics and i mean no offense to all of our boomer listeners out there okay. but it almost okay, seems boomer. like there's this yeah, it almost seems like there's this inability to let go. But I don't think there is going to be a move that the federal government makes that is not designed to have just a gangbusters economy throughout 2024, because I think the consensus view is that's the only thing that saves Biden. At well, and the economics definitely can 
determine how a political outcome turns out. So there's no question that they're going to do some things. These rate cuts, I think, are going to start to get baked in. And if you have a recession going into an election, that is not good for the incumbent party. And so vice versa, if rates start coming down and keep us out of a recessionary environment, that is good for the incumbent. So we'll have to watch this closely because these two things are tied. And you're going to see some other things. In my opinion, you're going to see some other things that, you know, like budget deficits, that conversation, maybe some bipartisan bills on some tax credits. Here's a call. The student loan cut will happen before the election. Yeah. And especially now, I just saw some breaking news cross my desk. There is a direct payment from Hunter Biden's corporation to Joe Biden. This apparently was bank records that have been obtained by James Comer in the House Oversight Committee. I just saw this get into my... hundred bucks. This is... Wow. This is, uh, it was apparently a monthly payment. So this is rather incredible, actually. Yeah. Uh, in any event. Uh, so this wow. is, this, 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 I know, and I'll just wrap up here because we're, we're getting to the end. But a lot of times I talk about this uncertainty, but that I argue that, that you need to have a well-diversified portfolio because you just don't know which way you're going to go. And so, you know, the big seven stocks certainly drew a lot of attention, but a more balanced portfolio on the equity side and on the fixed income side, as interest rates start coming back down, bond prices go back up. So make sure that you are working with a no commission. I always say fee only. That means no commission. A fee-only fiduciary that delivers comprehensive planning, tax planning, estate planning, financial planning, and they give you all of those things as part of the process. That is the difference, and that means know the difference between financial advisors. And that is why you absolutely, absolutely need to head to AnnexWealth.com to get your free portfolio review. Heck, I actually did it on Friday. I met with Mike Dave. I was in your gorgeous office right before you guys moved. Oh, wonderful, wonderful dude. Uh, We took a look at my portfolio. We took a look at where I am financially, my expenses coming up, obviously related to the home build, college, all of that stuff. Uh, how we could do some some tax preparations and stuff. Highly recommend it. You get that process started at AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, I'm Dan O'Donnell. You've been listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.